Where would be a reasonable place to draw that line? Not where would you draw that line? <laughs> Before you step no. on the plane. That's a reasonable place. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Living Fullness. I'm Stina Constantine and joining me on the podcast is Father Sean Burns. Each week you'll hear us chat about a range of topics from virtue to relationships, comments on cultural shifts and lessons we're learning as we go along and we are so happy to have you join us each week. So sit back and enjoy being part of a conversation with a couple of friends. Hey Padre. Hey Stina, how you doing? Doing well. What you been up to? I am just in the throes of preparing one final talk for the month. I'm going down to Aubrey at the end of the week to go and talk about my sort of migration battle and how I've managed to cope during that time and share a little bit about my ambassadorial year as well. So cool. just kind of trying to truncate my life. That'll be, yeah, right. <laughs> in 50 oh, minutes. That, that'll be very nice. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What's been happening in your world? I've been preparing seminarians for assessments. So, yes, helping them sort of formulate questions because the academic institution that is on seminary grounds, if that makes sense, is an outpost or a campus of Notre Dame University. And Notre Dame have this thing that says, across the board, your assessments must be the same. So the assessments given in Sydney and in Wagga and in New Zealand, they've all got to be the same for this particular course. Mm -hmm. right? So how do you get around that? Because student, what they're capable of, what questions they'll be interested in, like you can actually formulate your assessments, but you can't do that if you're stuck with the same question across three campuses. So the way we get around it is we ask the student to formulate a question. So all of us have that assessment. The student formulates a question and uh, with the lecturer. And so I've been helping uh, some students to formulate uh, formulate a question. Yeah. Yeah, like an essay question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has been really cool. Mm. So We have a episode that we've been promising. So this week, ordinarily, we would have a guest interview, but that's just not been possible. So we thought, all right, let's bring out the episode that we promised that would happen eventually. Eventually Mm. has arrived. Uh We are here. Skydiving. Skydiving and tattoos is our conversation today. (laughs) So Trigger warning. (laughs) I might lose my mind. I hope not, but let's see how we go. All right, where are we starting? I'm going to go on a rant for a bit. (laughs) Okay, it is going to happen. Skydiving. I mean, just the name. The name alone. Skydiving. Yeah. I get it. I get pool diving. I get diving off a diving board into a pool. I get diving off a diving board into mud. I get diving off a ledge onto grass. Cage diving? I even get cage diving. (laughs) You know why? Because it's a cage. I even get cage diving. What I don't get is skydiving. What I don't get is let's jump out of a plane. What's below you? Hard ground? Yeah, let's jump out of a plane. We're below us. There is hard ground. What's the distance between us and hard ground? Oh, just a mere 15,000 feet? Yeah, okay, sure. Go ahead. So clearly I have problems with it. Yes, clearly, clearly. But what about bungee you know jumping then? Do you know what I love about it though? Is how often I hear this. What? Once you're up there, there's only one way to get down. <laughs> really? Tell me something. How's that guy getting down? The guy flying the plane. Is he going to jump out too? Because otherwise I'm thinking maybe there's another option for me here. All right? Oh, man. Once you've committed to something, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, you asked the question. What about bungee jumping then? Oh, that's equally insane. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. So it's not just skydiving. Yeah. You're not just hung up on skydiving. No, no, no. It's just radically bad idea. And by radically, I mean radically according to the old Latin term, radus means at the root. <laughs> at the root of it, it is a bad idea. <laughs> is it though? Is it a bad idea? I'm probably just overreacting slightly. <laughs> you would never jump out of a plane. No way, no how are you getting me up in a plane. It's just not 
going to happen. At the same time, I realise that's not the same for everyone. No. And I'm not going to say skydiving is inherently bad. I mean, what do you think about skydiving? Well, I've been skydiving. Yeah. So. Yeah. so obviously you are a fan. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. For me, it was never a bucket listing or adrenaline rush or that was never my idea for skydiving. It wasn't even on my bucket list. I just found myself in New Zealand Thanks to my long story of immigration, one of the twists and turns sure. led me to New Zealand and my friend who came with me for the first week had gone back to Australia and I'd find out that, oh, I get to go back to Australia, but I've got to spend another week in New Zealand because that's the, that's my next plane trip. I thought, oh, what will I do? Because now I'm in New Zealand and I find myself in dialogue with God and knowing that I've been given another chance and... I want my life to look very different to the way my life had been prior to. So for me, it was about what are the opportunities that are available to me here in New Zealand that I can start practicing detachment. I can start letting go of anything that might be challenging for me, take up some things that might push past some of my fears so that I've got a bit of a clean slate to start with when I go back, ready to do whatever God wants for me. So skydiving came up as an option, sounded fun. It was something I'd never thought I'd do before. Thought, well, this will certainly push my fears. I already get motion sick as he is so that might be a challenge <laughs> and then I thought oh, God, <laughs> only, only whilst I'm on the plane once I'm out of the plane fine okay. whilst I'm on the plane it's another thing but the whole experience was fun it was sure there was some nerves on myself and the person that I was attached to were the first ones on the plane so we watched everybody else tumble out of that plane before we did and there were some people on that plane who were very very nervous so watching their anxieties go up you can imagine like you're going oh man yours is going to be kind of high why didn't we go first why did we get onto this thing first yep, yep. we waited till go last but anyway we got on there there was a little tumble once I got out of the plane and it was the whole thing was fun. It was really fun. And by the time I got back down to the ground and just processed, okay, yeah, I did that. I had this realization of, well, actually, sure, there might've been some fears there, but I can do things that are scary. Like mm -hmm. it's not impossible for me to do mm -hmm. things that are hard, that are scary. And so that was helpful sure. for me to, in that time and place that I had, that was a helpful activity for me to engage in. Mm. Particularly when I came back to Australia as well, like literally the following week, I'd helped organize a parish mission and I took part in that parish mission. Yeah. And in that parish mission is where I heard God calling me to virtue. And from there began virtue ministry. I think the timing of the way things worked just worked out really well. And as I'm saying that, I also want to make it clear that I'm not suggesting that people have to jump out of planes in order to start something sure. in their spiritual sure. lives. Like I'm not trying <laughs> to good. make a connection there. <laughs> I'm just saying in the time that it happened for me, in the way that it happened for me and the type of person that I am, uh -huh. <laughs> this was one of those activities that helped break a barrier for me. Sure. But I get the sense though that there is a kind of line between some things that can be hobbies, that can be sports, that can be recreational. There's got to be a line somewhere between what is okay and what's not okay, what's safe and what's not safe, what's reckless and what's not. So where would you kind of draw that line? Before you step on the plane. <laughs> That's where That's I draw that line. Where would be a reasonable place to draw that line? Not where would you draw that line? <laughs> Before you step no. on the plane. That's a reasonable place. <laughs> I had to laugh. You were like, I'd be given a second chance, so I decided to jump out of a plane. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like 
like I said, don't overconflate them. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry, but I do get that. It is an important question because, as I said before, skydiving is not some inherently wrong thing, and I get that. I, for the sake of partly humor and partly because I can't quite understand why someone would jump out of a plane, I do over exaggerate. My reaction to it is a little bit exaggerated. I get that, but there is nothing inherently wrong with it. And just to get a sense of where is the line between perhaps recreation and recklessness, that can be a good question to ask. So, what do we think? I guess the thing that we're talking about here is probably risk or the mm. potential mm. for risk and where does risk kind of sit within what is okay when it comes to recreation sure when it comes to sport and things like that so if we're looking for if we were to say that the only form of recreation that is okay and acceptable is one that has zero risk then there's very few things that we would be able to participate in maybe Fair a enough. walk is as far as we can go because even running you have the potential to percent your ankle having said that like there are also other things that are far more dangerous such as boxing yep. for example yep. like you're literally stepping into a ring and inviting people to punch you and kick you and yep. you're yep. going to try and evade and hit them before they hit you that's a much higher risk than you know, marathon running or, or something like that so there is some level of risk involved in most forms of creation a lot of forms of hobbies but i guess also in terms of skydiving we know from statistics we're much more likely to get into a car accident than to have an injury from skydiving sure and certainly when it comes to like fatalities they're very few okay yeah sure I understand that. So I guess then when it comes to that drawing that line, we also have to ask why we're actually willing to engage in this particular thing. Are we sure. trying to be defiant or are we thinking that, you know, this is actually going to put me in harm's way and that we're taking some kind of pleasure in putting ourselves in harm's way? You know, that might become problematic. Good, good point. And look, certainly we shouldn't shy away from sports in which there is a higher risk of harm. I think it's actually important for men in particular to learn how to master and harness the emotion of aggression, right? So the harmless man isn't virtuous, he's pathetic. An aggressive man isn't virtuous, he's mean-spirited. And should a harmless man discover raw power, he'll use it self-servingly because he's never had to place power at the service of others. The aggressive man knows he has power and he chooses to place it at his own service. Often enough, the harmless man turns into the aggressive man, right? A virtuous man is able to be a protector precisely because he's oriented to the service of others, yet capable of being threatening to those who would harm the people entrusted to his care. And, and so I do think that, that sports which have risk, yeah, they have their place because one cannot be risk averse, just generally in life. But I think it is something that's generally true for men, which is we need to be risk savvy. We need to be willing to take risks because someday we may be called upon to take an ultimate risk and to risk our lives for someone who's entrusted to our care. If we're risk averse, we're not going to do that. Mm. So I think that there is actually something to be said for engaging in risk averse sport. I do boxing and kickboxing and I think it's helpful. There is something about getting punched in the face that is <laughs> that is formative, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Not that I'm saying you should go no. and get punched no, in the no, face no, for the no, sake no, of no, formation. No. That's not no, my no. point. But the point is that sports which entail some form of risk, whether you're a man or a woman, it can be very helpful for uh, learning how to mitigate and handle risk. Mm. Let's be honest though as well. When I step into a boxing ring, I expect to be stepping out again. I'm bloodied. Probably. Traumatised? <laughs> Quite possibly. But you know what I expect when stepping out of a plane at 10,000 feet in the air? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take bloodied and traumatised for 600, thanks. Oh, uh, but you <laughs> know the stats don't support that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's terrible. When I stepped out of that plane, I expected to be on the ground walking. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know. 
just yanking your chain on that one. So what about tattoos then? Where do we kind of sit when it comes to tattoos? Like the church doesn't have like an official stance on whether the tattoos are bad or, you <laughs> no. know. I think it kind of makes sense not to stipulate mm. that because on the one hand we can say body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, therefore it's sacred, it's to be reverenced and we might suggest that, well, perhaps putting a tattoo on that would be inappropriate. But then we also kind of have to ask where is the appropriateness level? What other things do we engage in that also become inappropriate? Do piercings then become inappropriate? Are ear piercings then appropriate? So where do we draw a line there? Or, you know, even things like haircuts, does that become inappropriate then? So I think it kind of makes sense not to be so black and white when it comes to that. But also we also have to take into consideration, we know that there are cultures that also embrace tattoos. So there's a very cultural element two things like a tattoo or two things like piercings that mean something very different to the way that you and I might consider tattoos and piercings. So again, it would become (coughs) damaging, I think, to have a very black and white line when it comes to this. Most definitely. Again, it becomes problematic if we have the wrong intention here too. So if we get a tattoo with the intention to somehow be irreverent towards our bodies, well then being deliberately destructive. Yes. Or if we wanted, like if we're on that end versus being on the other end of wanting to use tattoos like as an evangelization tool we kind of have to ask where is god in all of this like yeah. how are we one showing dignity of who we are how we're reverencing who we are and bearing witness to god at the same time there's sort of a couple of things here i mean if, if you take if you go to, to get a tattoo with the right intention in a place forearm or upper arm or somewhere like that and you go and get the tattoo i think the first thing to ask is where do you go like do you go to some dingy looking place that just looks like infection or do you go to like a proper authorized health inspected (laughs) parlor right going to some dingy place not a good idea it's an irresponsible action similarly skydiving if you go to jim's skydiving club that has you know this rickety old plane and parachutes that haven't been serviced in 10 years well look probably that's going to be an irresponsible thing to do, right? So thinking about where I'm actually going to do these things matters as well and can help us discern whether or not this thing might be irresponsible or not. Look, again, being a fairly traditionally minded guy, I'm not a fan of tattoos. Why mark what is already a brilliant temple of the Holy Spirit is my thinking. Now, I don't understand the whole I'm getting a tattoo for evangelization purposes. I don't I just don't get that. God has already given you a body sacramental in its nature as a perfect sign for evangelizing. You don't need a tattoo for that. If God wanted you to have a tattoo for evangelizing, he'd have given you a tattoo for evangelizing, right? So I don't actually buy that. However, I do accept that some will see it as an evangelizing tool. I accept that reason. Don't understand. I don't understand it, but I accept that as a reason. Also, I think as we age, skin becomes wrinkly. Tattoos become gross. My brother-in-law, Lonnie, he has a tattoo and it is for cultural purposes. He actually has a his Tongan family crest on his shoulder. I think this is fine. So as you said, it, when it comes to tattoos, what's the motivation? What's the image? Where's it located? Now, I accept at this point that I probably sound like an angry 82-year-old man. I don't like tattoos. <laughs> tattoos, bad stuff, skydiving. <laughs> I get that. So let me be clear. It's not immoral to get a tattoo. If you want one, just think carefully about it. Extreme sports like skydiving, MMA can be legitimate forms of sport entertainment. However, they should not be sought out for the sake of bidnoting oneself or the adrenaline rush. Why? Because the whole point of sport is the training, health and betterment of the human person. We can't become risk adverse, but we shouldn't become risk junkies either, right? Similarly with tattoos, where do you want it and why? Is it something of a reminder of you or who you are, family background or personal experience? Or is it an evangelizing tool of sorts? 
Is it something to attract attention? Also to be asked is how much of a person is tattooed? Is the tattoo effectively similar to fashion complementing the human form or does it detract from the human form by disfiguring it? Like tattoos all over one's face or something. So those are some, yeah. some questions I'd throw out about it. Yeah. yeah. So bearing, yeah. I guess bearing all those things in mind then both when it comes to tattoos and skydiving yeah. because neither of them are necessarily bad in themselves yeah. when it comes to kind of judging then whether we should engage in this or not it's probably helpful to also check in on those emotions and on those intentions and motivations that we have for it because if like our motivations are primarily in a place of well I want to do this because I want to put God to the test I just want to see what happens here or I actually want to do harm to myself or I'm just being rebellious I just want to go against what the church is offering me here or what some pastor may have suggested is good or bad you know I just want to go against it watch me what are you going to do that kind of thing well then I'd be asking some very personal questions of that person because that tells me there's something much deeper going on perhaps a need that's been unmet and there might be some other ways for those needs to be met that it doesn't need to be in these particular behaviors it doesn't need to come out in that particular way and that's what community is there for as well community can be very healing in that that space as well being able to engage in conversation for sure i guess if we're engaging in these things because instead of those in the set of those motivations if we're engaging in them for things like self-mastery for Mm -hmm. evangelization for relationship for cultural ties then you know maybe that is a pure intention and maybe there isn't such a big risk or a big harm involved in that so just assessing what's going on in the heart as well before making a decision either way. Absolutely. That's a very sensible assessment, I think. The bottom line at the end of the day is the dignity of the human person. Exactly. That's what's always to be promoted, protected, preserved. Cool. Well, thanks for having a passionate conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Skydiving and tattoos. If you've got any questions that you want to ask Padre or you want to disagree with him, please jump over on our social media (laughs) handles and back me, people. (laughs) I'm going to have like a skydiving club just like raining down their disdain. Stina and her comrades against Padre. Against Padre. That's the name of the new club. <laughs> Cena and her comrades against Padre. Come yeah. join me, people. Yes. Come join me. No, but feel free to jump uh, on social media and send us your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you kind of think about what we've had to offer in this conversation. And again, if you do disagree with us, please do kind of get in touch. We want to yeah. dialogue yeah, in that. Absolutely. Help absolutely. challenge our own thinking too. So before we go, a truth, beauty and goodness, Padre. Yes. Um, we've been having quite a lot of school graduations lately because you know year 12 are kind of ramping up to exams in around October. So a lot of them have been having sort of graduation ceremonies or masses at this particular point. So I've been doing a fair few of those and um, it's been really cool. It's been lovely to sort of meet some of those year 12 students and you know, meet some pretty impressive human beings. So, so that's been good. Nice. Yeah. How about yourself? For me, it's actually a podcast that I've just recently found. It's called The Changemaker and it's about three people who are hosts of that podcast. They're of Christian background and they just talk about finances and how we can use money both practically as well as how we can use it in an efficacious way that is aligned with our spiritual values, with our Christian values. So it's a beautiful melting pot of giving you practical tools on how you can think about your finances, what are some practical steps you can take towards not just building money, but just managing your money and not just money, but everything that is in your possession. And then also how do we use that to build the church, but also to be generous yeah. with that with other yeah. people too. Yeah. So yeah, the change makers, great. At the very short, like 15 minute episodes each. So oh, okay. easy to listen to. Cool. Highly recommend. Thank you. I'll have a listen. Yeah, 
Pleasure. All righty. Well, thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Living Fullness. We will catch you again next week. And next week is the start of our book study. Oh, yes, it is. We're doing a three-part book study on The Shattering of Loneliness. Yeah. Bishop Eric Varden. But you will have seen it on social media at this point. So if you haven't already got the book, there is a Kindle version as well that you can get and have a read. It's a book that is very different to what we've done so far. Yes. So this will be a very interesting conversation for us to have. Definitely. Uh, Bishop Eric Varden, who is from your birth country. Yes. Norway. Yes. Yes. So that is going to be an exciting read. So make sure you go and join that. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of Living Fullness. We will catch you again next week. But until then, know of our love and prayers. God bless.